So third time is indeed the charm. We are going to try to this again without editing. It has worked out pretty well, to be honest. Like, I am usually the culprit, the person who is not confident enough in themselves and constantly retakes things, but not as much lately. I'm sorry if my pauses are fucking horrible. This is just how I talk. You get the real me finally because I want to I don't want to give you a character, a bow tie version of me. I want to give you the real me just like I want to give you the real version of Taylor, but the difference between us is Taylor usually doesn't fucking make mistakes. But I still think like I've talked about going to video uh platforms and stuff like YouTube actually doing a video format of this podcast. I think this is a really good way to get comfortable doing that because we've done so we've done so we've done the same thing for so fucking long and we've almost perfected it so we can hide whatever mistakes we have and we're like we have these tendencies now it's like we have these bad habits that we need to get rid of and i'm surprised at our success however it's worth mentioning that uh we are going to do this from the brim and you are brimming with the excitement of world wrestling entertainment and we talked about it last week. I have hope. Once again, let me say that. I watched WWE this week, but I fortunately got to watch a little bit more wrestling than I have the last couple of weeks this week in particular, which has been nice. I, I, I missed it, I gotta say. So let me first say that I owe a couple people apologies. First, I owe Drew an apology. I spent a lot of time on this podcast over the last two years telling you how painstakingly boring Drew McIntyre is, correct? Oh, you've been like, for how I've been with Hangman Adam Page, you were definitely on the Drew train. Okay, so I owe Drew an apology. Uh, them giving Drew props and dumbass shit for him to carry out or putting him in a kilt or doing all this weird shit to try to enhance his character was the wrong move. It just takes someone who wants to watch wrestling to make Drew successful. So Trips comes in and immediately is like, Trips comes in and is a, just roll with it. Golly! Fuck it. Trips comes in and immediately is like, hey, dude, like, not for nothing, but we don't need you to have that sword. We don't need you to have a kilt on. Why don't you just go out there and just talk? I thought he was still bringing out the sword. He's not. The sword's done. He's come out two weeks in a row without the sword, cut real-life promos, and this week he wrestled Kevin Owens after Kevin Owens cut a promo. He cut a great promo. They had a great fucking match. Why couldn't we have this for two years? I really hope I said it before. If not, I'm saying it now before this take gets overpopulized, I guess. WWE, right before Vince stepped down, right, really went right back to, like, the late 80s WWF-type product where they are giving you larger-than-life characters, but they're larger-than-life characters that you don't want to love or support, like you can't connect with. And the problem, like, nobody could connect with Drew McIntyre because we took a bunch of stereotypes of that nationality and we just put it on him because he's a Scotsman. Like, even down to the booking hint, him as the main event player for Class of the Castle against Roman Reigns, I mean... Is he getting it? Like, would he get it if the pay-per-view was anywhere fucking else? Well, all I'm saying is he's earned this spot because he looked great. He looked wonderful. And I can say that about so many people on this week's Raw. We had Dewdrop, who I have also been critical of because they keep putting her in situations where she can't succeed. Same with Alexa Bliss. They put her in this box where she has to bring that doll out every week and be this character that at some point maybe feels a little bit bland, maybe feels a little bit stale. You know all they had to do to fix Alessa Bliss? Take the doll away from her 
and let her wrestle. It's that easy. Let me propose something to you, though. There is a lot of beauty in Triple H's booking with the product lately because we're seeing all these characters. It's now it's not like, hey, we have to keep on hoarding people and we have to get this, that and the other. We're looking at the roster we actually have and going, hey, this person can be valuable, just not how they're utilized. I, Which before it was like, hey, we can't have them do the thing we want them to do. Let's fucking cut them. I, I didn't realize how good of a face Alexa Bliss is either. Like it has been so long that she's been a heel that I had almost forgotten how great of a face she is. She's an incredible face, and that helps with Asuka standing next to her because Asuka is the ultimate face. But she's an incredible face. It goes without saying, like, they're in WWE for a reason, but yes, you're getting your push for Alexa Bliss and stuff, but also on the same, like, getting back to Drew McIntyre. It's not even like a push, though. That's the best part about this. Is it these, is. No, it's not. They're just wrestling in a tag team match for the tag team championships in a tournament. They're not going to win. But the utilization of them and the long-term storytelling, because at the end of the day, Triple H has been known to do a little bit of long-term well, long-term storytelling himself. So I do think we have more of a push than what she had, because at the end of the day, she may not be up in the forefront, but you're starting to notice a bunch of different people, like even Dewdrop and Nikki Ash, they had matching fucking ring attire. That is my biggest complaint about tag teams is we just have two people smashed together. At least they coordinated long enough before the actual match to go to the wardrobe department and go, hey, can we have matching attire? So let me ask you this. Do you think that he's looking at Reddit and looking at Twitter to book these matches, or do you think he's planning these out on his own? Because everything he's doing are things that we've talked about for the last two years. What have we said about Ali for the last two years? Through all that retribution bullshit, what did we say? What did we want from Ali? Let the man fucking wrestle. He's good enough to wrestle. He's good enough to be a main event player. Let the man wrestle. What did they do this week? Put the man in a ring with Shelton Benjamin as his his partner. Let the man wrestle. So the... Uh, to answer your question, I don't think he's been reading Reddit and this and that and the other, but the noise has been so loud, it's hard to like blacken out. So what he's doing is he's taking the general stuff because a lot of the things are like repeat offenders. Like I have been watching this weird fucking show on Hulu about hoarders and flipping and shit. And like just like hoarders, they have a, one thing they kind of focus on. Like so one person might have a bunch of piggy banks. Some other person might have a bunch of antique radios. You know what I mean? It's one specific thing. And the thing that Triple H does is he not necessarily focuses on the just trying to fix it. He's listening and taking the big complaints that have been repeatedly uh, talked about. And he's finding a way to incorporate them without. How do I put this? He's not like coming into the position going, all right, boys, time for change. I He's also, doing change without doing change. It's it's the product really hasn't missed a beat as far as like show quality goes, but it has in the same respect. Like at the end of the day, you know what you're going to get with Ron SmackDown with Vince at the helm, right? You know it's for certain people going to be a decent show. It's going to be extremely well produced. This, that, and the other. So he's. What he's doing is taking that level of quality and production and actually providing the storylines that captivate people. And he, we're actually getting wrestling. For- he's He's been able to not only do that, though, but been able to book a main event every week that has stolen the show. So last week we had Champa and Bobby Lashley, right? This week we had AJ and Bobby Lashley. Great fucking match. How do we do this every week is you find someone 
and you make that United States championship a little bit more valuable. Well, uh, what he's doing with the mid-card titles, 100%, even with the NXT Europe poll idea, that I can appreciate that concept. I've been trying to do it for at least five minutes, so I'm going to go back to Drew McIntyre, though, and that's where some of the cracks start to show, to me at least, because we have this situation, like I said, because of Clash of the Castle, Drew McIntyre's in that main event, and that was kind of penned in before Triple H came in, but now you're seeing your carrying crosses come back, and you can tell carrying cross. If anyone's going to take the belt off of Roman Reigns right now, it's going to be Karrion Cross. I don't think that's the way we're booking it. I think you're wrong. I would say we're booking Drew versus Karrion. Before we're booking Roman versus Karrion, we're booking Drew versus Karrion. So this sets you up for another mid-card feud that actually matters. But at the end of the day, the end goal is Roman, and I don't think it's going to span out a very long time to go, okay, he had that Drew... Uh, that Drew rivalry before he had the Roman rivalry. You know what I mean? It's just going to be another stop to the title. But what I think it sets us up for is Karrion does take the title off of Roman. Roman has one of those main event nights because you, if you think about it, like everyone's going to the two night formula, right? So WWE is going to stick with that. They're going to have the rock versus Roman reigns one night. And if they're smart, make that your main event. Don't have a belt on the fucking line. Because who wants to see The Rock as a champion? We know he's not going to commit himself to it. But at the same time, everyone would like to see hey another now, Rock match. The, Rock, I, well, I'm the not, Rock commits himself to everything he does. It's but Everything he does. And we're going to talk about that later on the show. Don't you fucking worry. Because this man is in everything giving 110%. Whether he's Superman dog whether he's just uh, got put into Jumanji, whether he's doing some rapping, it's about drive, it's about power, we stay hungry, we devour. Enough foreshadowing. What I'm saying is it's not even a shot at The Rock. We've had this experiment before, and we know what his schedule is like. He is one of the busiest men alive. He I could think fly, he's, He could fly across the country, do a job, fly back, do a workout, do a movie, fly across the country, do Do you know job. how long he sleeps each and every night? Not long. About 20 minutes. <laughs> That's for the schedule the man has. He and can like, do it on a plane. He, he eats so much goddamn food. Speaking of Drew McIntyre, I've said How do you know how much Rock eats? I think I saw like a breakdown of his diet once, and it was... Uh, it what are we talking something. like piles of spaghetti or I don't think it's necessarily piles of spaghetti, <laughs> but what do you got? Like, what do you got on the menu today? Spaghetti. You know what? Actually, the <laughs> most I've ever seen a man eat, believe it or not, was Drew McIntyre. Did he eat a lot of spaghetti? No, he ate a lot. Of, he Okay, so I used to work at a place called Capital Tacos. Oh, I want to hear about spaghetti. Is it really not spaghetti? Damn it. What are your spaghetti policies? Spaghetti. Please tell me. But no, like, so it's a local burrito place. But uh, the closest thing, if you're in Texas, they have a place. Shit, I completely am blanking on the uh, Texas place. But there's a uh, Torchy's Tacos. That's what it's called, right? Spaghetti's Tacos. Yes, spaghetti is tacos. Uh, we had a spaghetti taco at some point. But the food, you definitely got your money's worth is what I'm going to put it. And he ordered a lot of food. Like uh -uh. ate like two burritos and then went back for some tacos. All right, I'm putting it on the table now. I'm challenging Drew McIntyre to eat off. I've been watching Joey Chestnut for the last couple weeks. And if you don't think I can take Drew in a competitive eating competition, you haven't seen me eat corn dogs. The couple weeks? That's what I took from that. I'm just I'm saying. Right after Clash at the Castle, we're going eating. I'm just saying. It could happen. He lives in St. Pete. Remember that uh, segment where Matt Hardy and MVP were eating cheeseburgers? You think I could get one of those with Drew McIntyre? If we ever become famous enough, do you think I could have an eat I don't even think you have to be famous enough. So if I remember correctly, it, Drew McIntyre, unless he's moved in the last three years... 
literally lives about 45 minutes away from us. I okay, can cool. show so you exactly where his house is. We're going to him into an eating contest? So how do you think this works? Do we just hit him up on Twitter and like, hey, Dick, you think you can eat a lot? Really? You know what? <laughs> and you're going to love this idea, right? Because you're a merchandiser, so you're always around town. That's how you ran into Jimmy Hart. So what you're going to do is you're just going to stalk out St. Pete for the next month. And you're just going to be at every burger joint. Jimmy Fart. Waiting for this man to come through and order some burgers. And then the minute he orders, like before he can even place his order, you slam your hand down at the table. Listen here, son. I'm challenging you to an eat off. An eatery. Get these burgers now. <laughs> don't give them an option because ultimately, if you want anything to go your way, you don't give the other person an option whether they want to have an option or I'm not. Worried, I'm worried that there's a Scottish word called burgers that doesn't mean burger. I mean, even if we do find ourselves lost in translation, I don't it'll still be him. a fun time. I don't want to fight him. I just want to eat with him. Speaking of that, do you remember the band Gallows? I'm yeah, going to work course. this out with you on yeah, air. Yeah, I know Gallows. My name is Casanova. So you remember Frank Carter, right? No. So the other, the vocalist. Yeah, I'm okay, cool. Kidding. So uh, the other day I got back into them for whatever reason. You I saw was, Frank Carter in, in town? Oh, man, I wish. I was down a rabbit hole with Gabby listening to music, and I put her on Great Britain, and then I listened to his solo band, whatever. But uh, he is notorious for not only, like, not having a shirt on, but, like, fucking doing vocals in the pit this that and the other and he's built he's small but he's built and he's not the kind of person i would see on Could the I streets take him? no i think he would destroy you and that's in an eating contest maybe eating i don't know that's all that matters we weren't talking about fighting oh no we're talking about fighting because i don't want like a wwe fight obviously we know who has to win it has to be brock Lesnar. no it's me I'm but in a look. genuine one-on-one fist fight I think it would be very interesting to watch Frank Carter take on Brock Lesnar. Do you know who Brock Lesnar is outside of a WWE ring? Have you forgotten how uh, how good he is at actually fighting? Is this just something that slipped your mind? Did you not watch any of those UFC fights? But do you know pissed off scrawny British men? Man, listen. I've never seen anyone look scarier when they're fighting than Brock Lesnar. Did you watch any of the UFC fights? Really? I did. He is a monster. And that's why I want this one-on-one fight. You do fight. not want because anybody. I, listen, he even said, okay, I'm going to take a quote from Brock Lesnar. That guy weighs 175 pounds. I shit that guy. Lean. He shits him out. He literally would shit him out. He takes shits bigger than him. How much does Seth Rollins weigh? He would beat the shit out of him in a real fight. I'm sorry, Seth. No offense. Brock Lesnar would kill him. Literally kill him. He I, would die. You know what I kind of imagine it would be like? Do you remember the Goldberg uh, Chris Jericho interaction? I feel like it would be like that, but roles reverse because He's, uh, Jericho's also challenged Brock Lesnar. Don't forget, <laughs> he's challenged the world. He doesn't matter how big you are or how strong you are. He's made you back down. He said, "Hey, listen here, buddy," and you're like, "Oh, Chris Jericho, better walk away." You know, I'm thinking about it. What would have happened to Chris Jericho if he didn't find himself being a professional wrestler? Would he just go around pissing people off, challenging everyone? Would he become the embodiment of a Karen? He would have been. Would an he have coined joker. the fucking if phrase? Got, if he wouldn't have became a wrestler, he'd have became an impractical joker. Did he know those guys outside of that? Did you know, even watch that episode? His way, and I because you like did. went out of your way to make me record it, so oh, you I could did. steal it I on my DVR. It. I'm not going to review it this week or probably ever because it's not worth reviewing. But I definitely watched it. Archives. Yes. Give me a, a 10 out of 10. Three out of 10. Okay. But even it was better. fine, but it was just, he was only in five minutes of the episode. So they build it like, it's like, oh, Chris Jericho is going to be with the Impractical Jokers and they're going to do an episode together. He just did the punishment, dude. 
He was in it for literally five minutes. Did you actually expect him to do like? No, I didn't. But part of me thought like, you know, they're going to incorporate him into the Daily Show. He'll be doing like pranks and shit with them. And the episode. So was you funny. did think he was going to be in the? No, entire I did, and I I think it was funny. It was fine. Like an Impractical Jokers always get me where they want me. Like they make me laugh. It's a good show to put on in the background, and you can always get a smile out of it. You know what I mean? And it did that. But for me. You don't make a JAS poster with all your faces as the members of JAS and then Jericho and then get away with only putting him in five minutes or less of the episode. No, thanks. It seems like you're hurt. And I'm also hurt because I was going to use Chris Jericho as my way to transition to AEW. And this is a really fucked way to do that. But I'm still going to do that because we had problems on Dynamite again. Though I agree that the CM Punk John Moxley segment was without doubt the best part of that show in general we're seeing a lot of reactionary booking in AEW currently and i want to explain both cm punk coming back as soon as he came back because at this point why the fuck did we crown an interim champion i'm down to talk about that but first i want you to put more respect on brian danielson's name because that was the best part of the show him coming back was great he kicked ass I completely forgot that he was there. Okay, so phenomenal match. There are like two things that like might be tied for part of the night. No, I was not impressed with that. No, leave fucking Kenny alone, dude. He had seven broken bones, bro. Let the man live. Reactionary booking. Nah, man, I don't care. Sometimes you need reactionary booking. They're in a corner, and it's time for Kenny to bring back what he does best. You know what he does best? The obnoxious heel. He's going to be a face. The fuck he's going to be a face with That's the Bucks? Why, yeah, they're, they just turned face, bro. That's why they fucking just dipped on uh, Adam Cole. Because they're turning face. And they brought Kenny Omega back to turn face with How them. How dare you? Because Kenny Omega can't actually wrestle by himself and put on the five-star classics that we're used to right now. He can't. So he's going to use the Bucks to still get the star ratings Man, and I didn't be a, a part of something. I didn't have a problem with RoboCop when he was tore apart in the third movie, still fighting, and I don't have a problem with Kenny Omega when he's torn apart in the third movie trying to fight. There was something about it, like... Something about when you. His, when he came out, I was Man. I was satisfied. I thought he looked all right. I can't believe you're going to do this. The minute he took the jacket off and he's then we saw boy. this thing... He's our boy, so but... So can I tell you something that might be Stay on the shelf for three more months. Okay, listen. So I talked to Ted today for about an hour and a half on the phone. And I don't know how much of this conversation he's going to use. So if you're using this in your podcast, Ted, I'm sorry. He thinks that this is a work. He thinks that Kenny Omega is purposely pretending to be hurt. And he's going to whip that shirt off at a rare time and do a do a suicida or something. I wouldn't be surprised. But I still, especially with the timing of it all, we got the big three players a month after. After people have been complaining and complaining about talent being injured, that's all you hear about AEW for the past couple months is everyone's fucking injured. Wouldn't that be a funny joke then if he came out and pretended like he was injured? And then, But then it would be, okay, it would be an interesting turn. It would be good storytelling. But I think it's convenient that we had in the course of two weeks, we had Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson, and CM Punk all return on TV for free. I can say they're coming back, but we have pay-per-views coming up. Do you think that's why can't why, we save their, do you think their that's fucking they're get, doing the main event card next week for free TV of John Moxley versus CM Punk? A hundred percent. Because they're going to do something different at all out and because they want ratings. They want people to tune in. And I don't blame them for trying to put out a better product. But it's clear to me at this point there isn't a better product 
that we can put out on free TV that's going to get the fans there. Like, at the end of the day, there are so many problems, and you overlook a lot of the situations within the company. Who do you think John Moxley is going to kiss next? Um, I think he goes back to combat. Combat. Blackpool? Yeah, Blackpool. Blackpool. I think he goes back to Blackpool Combat Club. Do you think he kisses one of them? Maybe Brian. Maybe that's how he gets into uh, be settled with Eddie. He's got the loosest lips in the business, man. I'm telling you, just kissed Effie, just kissed CM Punk this week. Two people in one week, man. Hey, man, he Spread gets around. And are we town. going to like slut shame him on this for that? <laughs> Hell no, because that's not what I'm, I'm about. I'm all for it. I don't care if he kisses anybody. I just would save the kisses for the pay per view. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. But you know, we don't Make live him in pay. a fucking perfect world, Taylor. What do you want from this man? Well, you don't be kissing people on free TV. That's all I'm saying. I can definitely respect that. So. Go ahead, give me your movie review of the week so I don't get too down on AEW. I want to give out some shout-outs and flowers, and I want to get out of here because, unfortunately, we have too much of a personal life right now. Okay, so I got around watching a brand-new movie. It is a month old. It is called DC League of Super Pets. Dwayne Johnson is in it, and he is Superman's dog, Krypton. I did not hate this movie near as much as I thought I would. Lately, the idea with animated movies is we're going to put a bunch of funny people from different shows in this one show, and it's going to work. And to be honest, it worked. It was all right. So the idea of the story is Lex Luger's guinea pig developed superpowers because Lex Luger was testing on it. Lex Luger abandoned the guinea pig at a shelter, and it... Planned world domination. So it essentially locks up the entire Justice League and puts them all in like cells that are super power proof cells. So the only people to save these, the only people to save the Justice League are Krypton and a bunch of friends that he finds who randomly have superpowers. One of those friends is Kevin Hart. So you have Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart. Here we go. Great story building right now. Um, it, it is a story. It is a story of him feeling betrayed by Superman because Superman has Lois and they're in love and he doesn't feel as loved as he wants to be. But it's a story of him finding redemption in the fact that he has somebody to go home to at night. So he loses his superpowers and has to figure out a way to get his superpowers back to save his best friend. I would say that this movie is a solid 5 out of 10. Scary movie 4, I think, is when I started to realize I fucking hate Kevin Hart. And well, you're wrong, but that's okay. I went above and beyond to try to say to everyone that you don't make mistakes while I'm over here, like, fucking stepping over myself just trying to talk. Yeah. And then you go ahead and make a mistake. It's How okay. fucking dare but you? I kept it rolling. I don't ever stop. I'm so and proud of you. I think that you should uh, maybe watch more Kevin Hart stuff, especially Cold as Balls with Sasha, if you haven't seen it. I know how you like wrestling, and maybe you should dip into some funny stuff on the side. Because Coldest Balls is where he sits in an ice bath with a celebrity also sitting in another ice bath, and they do an interview. It is hilarious. If you don't like Kevin Hart and you don't think that's funny, maybe you should watch his recent stuff on the Point, uh, point One podcast. It's been great. He's been on fire. You're missing out. Can I point out something to you? It sounds like the show he came up with to uh, put out with for interviews, Coldest Balls, it sounds like a complete ripoff of Hot Ones. Well, he's not eating chicken wings. He's in an ice bath. So they're not the same show. You but, can't do that. Unless you say that Seinfeld is the same as Friends and is the same as every sitcom that's ever been made. And they're not. 
They're all different. They're just sitcoms. It's just an interview show. Is Hey W the same thing as Coldest Balls? No, because they're just interview shows. That's what everybody does. There's one that Barstool does too with Glenny Balls. You gonna tell Glenny Balls that he's ripping off all these shows? No, because it's the same thing. When you generalize like that, I can get your argument at least. I do think the point of making your guests uncomfortable and then asking them questions, at least that concept is stolen. It's not uncomfortable. People also do uh, ice baths for uh, rejuvenation. How of their many cells. times have you taken an ice bath? A handful of times. I don't believe that. I have. I've jumped in a couple ice when baths. When was the last time? I mean, I don't really work out or take care of myself at all now. But back so, in the so day, you can't when I give was me an actual date. Oh, it's about a year ago. So five out of a year ago. Yeah. I feel like you would have told me. Yeah, I was real sick, and I I decided I'd put a bunch of ice in the bathtub. Lay down, and it wasn't a technical ice bath, but it's an ice bath. So, therefore, I can verify that never happened. Yeah, but yeah. anyway, five out of ten. Okay, I'm not going to watch this movie. Maybe I mean, someone will, and your son would you. like it. He probably will. I but will I, say that there is a running joke that I don't know is appropriate for kids, where they're like bleeping out cuss words through the whole movie, and it's it's always like funny parts. Like at one point, there's a turtle that it's really really fast, and it ends up in a place where it's, it doesn't know where it's at because it went too fast, and it goes, "Where the damn I?" And it was really funny. I laughed. I, I got to say, one thing that DC understands is they have a really good writing team for all of their shows. It's just a shame that most of them are now going away. I mean, it's not the best show in the world. It's not the best movie in the world. Don't get me wrong. Oh, it's the fucking best movie but in the world. But there's been a handful just of, like, like, it's cool. At Jaded Rasslin, at Tots Pod, at Year of Pod, and fuck, even the Hillbilly, ah, the Hillbilly Truth. Uh, fucking the heel truth at hillbilly heel. See, Ted, I told you, I always fuck this up. Those are Twitter accounts that you should follow, but more importantly, you should buy some merch at prowrestlingtees.com slash shaded wrestling. Give us a like, give us a follow, give us a shout. Tell us how much you love or hate us. I don't give a shit. Just tell a friend to tell a friend. Make sure you're talking about us because word of mouth is still the best way to promote yourself. Or at least that's what an old man told me on the side of the street when he said he was going to go wave a knife outside of a CVS. So maybe we did interconnect. Interconnect. Yes, interconnect. That's maybe we did at. interconnect. So, Taylor, please, for the love of God, save me. And you're let's gonna, talk you're about gonna go flowers. You're going to go first this time, right? So we're going to get flowers then? Okay. Yeah. I have a very easy answer. So the other day, I'm just chilling, and all of a sudden, I get a random notification from YouTube that Colin Young has uploaded a new video. It turns out my man went ahead and did a personal theme song for Julia Hart. And then I found out earlier today that the uh, female vocalist on that track is Emma from Dying Wish. So not only is Colin from Twitching Tongues you're gonna do still this fucking again. making music. You're going to do this segment. How many times are you going to do this? We've now brought in another popular band because, like, if you listen to the new... God's Hate has gotten all kinds of TikTok fame since this, too. Like, you made, God's this, hate. you made this point, and then God's Hate got real big. God's Hate, fucking Dying Wish. And if you didn't... If you haven't heard Dying Wish, they literally sound exactly like fucking Knocked Loose. And I know if you listen to heavy music, you don't even like Knock Loose. I've liked Knock Loose for a very, very, very long time. Are you sure? Are you just telling me this on the podcast and then we're going to get off and you're going to be like, fuck Knock Loose. No, yeah. Bitches. I, I, dude, I wore my like old ham Carhartt shirt the other day that uh, from a different shade of blue. So yeah. fuck you. Are you sure? I am 100% positive. It's like one of the very few shirts I actually wash because having, I do this I'm thing where I find like... a little bit like, of a deja vu here and I do not feel like you like Doc Loose. Was it Knuckle Puck that you hate? Uh, Knuckle Puck is a band I don't care okay, for. Okay, all right, all right. Same thing. Go ahead. 
But it's okay. It's okay. Who are your flowers for? I'm going to give my flowers to Ernie Jr. I thought you were going to give him a fucking knuckle puck. Do you know who Ernie Jr. is? I'm sure I do, but how you uh, position me with it, I'm not sure if I do. <laughs> Ernie Jr. is Elias's dad. We have now revealed the entire family. The whole family has been revealed. There are seven of them. He's going to play all the characters. This is great. We have a multiverse of Elias. <laughs> He's going to play them all. How excited are you to see him play Ernie Jr.? So he probably never will. I think this is as far as we're going to go with it, but I don't want to ruin your dreams. If he plays- I will say, though, in that picture referencing the Ernie Jr., like the hospital picture, that was one of two different swerves this week in wrestling. Not only did people think, I forget his name, but he's signed by AEW and looks exactly like Elias's other brother. Ernie the- cut a promo. When? On the show. <laughs> Ernie's real. He called out the universe, the former U.S. Vertical Champion. He's coming. Ernie's coming. You better be ready for Ernie Jr. to hit the stage. Let me guess. Ernie's going to wrestle in a Viagra on a pole match. <laughs> I don't Bring care. Bring it back. If he does, Bring I'm... it back. Shut up and take my money. If he comes and wrestles on a Viagra on a pole match, shut up and take my money. I would be so erect. There is no other way I could find to purposefully end this podcast. So this is where it's at. (laughs) 